So much zzzing this week. the podcast where we discuss the filmographies of singers, rappers, or just general music people who launched acting careers. I am Butler, and with me today, of course, is Sanchez. Hello. Hello. I love your t-shirt. Is that one of the ugly dolls on it? No, it's Bingo Bronson from Broad City. Very cute. I love it. I love it. And with us, of course, is Garth. Hello, Garth. Hello. I can't see your t-shirt, but I'm sure it's great. It's an Aphex twin t-shirt. I definitely know who that is. They make, they make the electronic music. Oh, cool. I thought it was the video game t-shirt. What oh. video game? And, you know, the thing where, like, you buy all the stuff at the store, and then it comes into your computer. What? Anyway, so <laughs> this season, we're covering Beyonce, the queen bee. Yay! 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 This week, we're talking about the album 4, and the movie epic. Yay. Um, yeah. Half a yay for <laughs> one of the things that is good. Yes, exactly. Sanchez, why don't you tell us a little bit about this album? I will. Um, our yay album is, <laughs> is four. <laughs> uh, released June 24, 2011. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> um, on Columbia and Parkwood Entertainment, a company founded by Beyonce herself. Oh man, more on that later. Um, notable producers include Tricky Stewart, who did Case of the X by Maya. Good song. Amazing. Umbrella by Rihanna and Jay-Z. Very so good. good. Touch My Body by Mariah Carey. Very good. Also very good. Baby by Justin Bieber. Eh. Eh. And of course, Single Ladies by Beyonce. Yes. Yay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, Butler did the the, the thing from yeah the I did the, the hand thing the wow. ring on it hands you can't see it but it was great it was perfectly timed <laughs> yeah um just just um in the previous episode we had our friend explain why uh single ladies is so musically intricate and just ponder the fact that the same guy who did that also did baby by Justin Bieber a jack of all trades yes oh, truly <laughs> hit maker all right king maker yeah king maker indeed well I mean um, umbrella yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right so we've also got shay taylor who did thinking about you and pilot jones by frank ocean Ooh, awesome. channel orange very yeah. good uh james joint by rihanna just like magic and 6 30 by anya or excuse me uh by ariana grande i like Ooh. ariana ariana grande uh, <laughs> <laughs> from positions and um and uh, midnight by leanne Le Havas. Once again, shout out to Leon Lahavas, courtesy of Garth. Yay! Indeed. I sadly don't know who this person is. Contemporary um, non-mainstream RMBX. Woo! We support I'll you. shove them down your throat. <laughs> because yeah. I'm the one who writes the scripts. Yes. I am the lord of the content. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Th- thank you. Thank you, lord of content. Um, and then finally, we have Babyface. Yeah! yeah. 
artist in his own right, producer, yes. writer, legend. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, he's, he did um, I'll Make Love to You by Boys to Men, I'm Your Baby Tonight by Whitney Houston, You're Making Me High by Tony Braxton, and also, um, <laughs> most importantly, Thanks for the Memories by Fall Out Boy. No. You talk about a kingmaker. <laughs> talk about a kingmaker. Wow. I'm wondering if anyone has ever mentioned like Boys to Men, Whitney Houston, and Tony Braxton, and Fallout Boy in the same sentence, other than describing songs that Babyface has produced. Great question. Probably not. Probably not. No, Philip, has that happened? What? Don't worry, don't worry <laughs> about it. Ignore him. He's not here. Right. He's not in the recording studio today. Um, notable guests include Andre 3000. Yay! 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 Yeah. Always, always good to see a nice Andre appearance. Top yes. five personal rapper for yours truly. Shout out to the top five episode last season. Ooh, yes. uh, great man. Ooh. Great man. Uh, and we also have uncredited appearances from Kanye West on Party and Frank Ocean on A Miss You. Hey. Yep. Pretty cool. Uh, all right. So what do we think of the album? I love this album. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, it um, it's one of those ones where it's like every time I go back and listen to it again, I re- remember how much I love it. Like, especially some of the songs that didn't necessarily make it as singles. Uh, I really, really like school in life and I forget how much I really, really like I care. Yes. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. So good. Like the beat of that song is just oh, so, so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. one of those. And then of course, you know, run the world iconic. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's, um, there's love on top. The infamous, I am pregnant song. I, 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 that's, I don't know that reference. Oh, this is the song yeah. Beyonce was performing when she announced she was pregnant with Blue Ivy. Oh, oh yeah. I didn't realize she that. She was at the MTV Awards and she's pretty- Oh, is that when she went like- Yeah, she busts open the suit jacket and rubs her belly. Right. Yeah, right, and then Kanye right, and Jay-Z yeah. are like freaking out in the audience. It's to love on top, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Very as, as I'm sure Twitter was as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> What'd you guys um, think? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I So this is another album that, like, was lost in the, like, Chelsea has a bad personality and isn't really <laughs> listening to pop music. Um, whole, so I, you know, like, I have a very fond memory of coming back to college and I was, like, with a bunch of people and we were, like, pre-gaming while listening or while watching the Countdown music video. Um, J- just one memory of that? Well, it was like the first time I saw it. That's why oh, it's gotcha. like a very, trust me, that it, that's not the only time that happened in college. I think we all know this. Um, <laughs> my roommates from college. Uh, <laughs> but um, I never really listened to this album before. And um, yeah, I mean, one thing I really like about Beyonce is that I think that like when she has the like space to do like, you know, I, I like artistically kind of out there stuff she like really goes for it and mm-hmm. I think this is like definitely one of the albums where you can see that really you know really kind of be a, a big strength because you know a lot of the music in here is just like not stuff you like I really like remember hearing that much you know like the way it sounds mm-hmm. um so yeah I, I really liked it I thought it was good yeah I thought it was it was a fun listen <laughs> Darth yeah um I love this album uh for reasons that were Mostly for reasons that we're going to be getting into uh, in the body of the section, but um, I know in episodes past I've been a bit uh, grumpy or perhaps wumpy about um, these these sort of more traditional R and B songs. 
but you know, this is probably the most traditional R and B album she's done, and it's like it's in, in my head right now. It's fighting it out with B Day for my favorite one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, like maybe I should have been saying this whole time, like I don't like the specific R and B they were making like early in their career or mm-hmm. early in her career. Mm-hmm. Um, cause yeah, like I, I love everything about the aesthetic of this album. And like, it is also like touching way more touchstones that, you know, I care about, like, you know, like there's definitely a huge Stevie wonder influence in here and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I adore this album. Yeah. But so <laughs> a big thing about this album is right before she records it, Beyonce severs business ties with her father. So this is sort of like a big, Mm. it's like a new chapter of her with more creative freedom than she's enjoyed before. So one of the things that I wanted to talk about is like, what is the difference between this album and the previous ones? Does it, what does it seem like she's done with her new creative freedom? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, as I said, there's definitely like more of her influences on her sleeve. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can definitely hear a lot of Stevie Wonder in there. You can definitely hear a lot of Prince. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can definitely hear, like, a kind of, like, a lot of 80s pop and R&B in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I would probably attribute a lot of that to the Babyface influence on the album. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he's, I, th- I believe he's only credited on one song, but, like, you can definitely hear his influence and his style kind of all over the place. Yeah. Uh, and um, I, I feel like this album is... You know, like, all the other, the Destiny's Child's albums and, like, the solo albums, like, all to a certain extent have definitely been chasing a sound that would have been popular at the time that they came out. Mm-hmm. Or, you mm-hmm. know, like, uh, att- attempting to send a trend, at least. Mm-hmm. Whereas this one, it, like, it, it didn't sound like anything else, mm-hmm. at least on the radio. And we'll be getting to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, it, it just sounds like the album she's kind of always wanted to make to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, like, like there, there, there's just like a very different energy to it that I, you can, you can sort of tell is there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think with a lot of her earlier stuff, you know, the albums will kind of be broken out into like four poppy singles and then the rest is kind of R and B ish or, you know, like um, kind of, kind of a different sound. And I think this and B-Day are both really good examples of like those kind of two influences, like kind of coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this one in particular too. Um, and I mean, yeah, I agree. Right. Cause this is, I mean, what, the next album that comes out is the self-titled one, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, and I feel like you can see like the, uh, this is like a very natural progression from like four to kind of the Beyonce music that's coming out now. Right. I feel like this is kind of the beginning of the like, Beyonce is Beyonce and making Beyonce art that Beyonce wants to make. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. um, An an important thing to kind of remember here is that uh, I read this on the Wikipedia page that each of the songs on this album were still like being submitted to the record label and all that. Mm -hmm. Whereas, you know, if I recall correctly, Beyonce recorded the the self-titled one without like telling anyone, right? I think so. Yeah. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is, like, a weird transitional album between, like, sort of music industry-controlled Beyoncé and, like, after the self-titled one, like, Beyoncé basically just doing whatever the hell she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it's it's sort of... I, I guess, like, the way you can say it is, like, before Beyoncé was chasing radio and then after this kind of radio was chasing Beyoncé in a weird way. Yeah. 
I mean, like radio is different in 2011 too, right? And it starts to kind of really be like the end of like people giving a shit about radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. that might be part of it too. We, we are entering kind of the Spotify era. Yeah. Kind of, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Or at least all of you are. Yeah. I, I, on the other hand, in 2021, <laughs> I'm still using iTunes. Yeah, because you're a boomer. I mean, some of us are. <laughs> some of us are approaching 42,000 songs in their library, and they, they need the storage space. Whereas, like, oh, wow. Spotify wow. sounded like shit for years. This is not. We're not doing this. The, oh. the point, the point uh, is, I think the audience should know the, the real point of this segment is that Garth is the oldest person on this podcast. <laughs> oh, that's actually wow. true. Wow! Mm. Oh, turn, turn fucking thirty. Wow, so oh. old. <laughs> All right, well, in true you're boomer turning, fashion. You're turning, you're turning 30 like a week and a half after me. <laughs> Fuck you. All right, all right. Well, in true and boomer. Fuck you too, Philip. All right. All right. Listen, in true boomer fashion, Garth, why don't you give us your hot take on radio? Mm. Uh, well, this isn't my hot take on radio. This is Beyonce's hot take on radio. Oh. Oh. Passing it off on someone else. True right. boomer move. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, we invented rock and roll. <laughs> it's like, um, no, you didn't. Uh, okay, Once this again, is from that a, was black people. <laughs> uh, from the Complex article. Uh, this is a quote from Beyonce. Figuring out a way to get R&B back on the radio is challenging, she explains. Everything sounds the same on the radio. With 4, I tried to mix R&B with the 70s and 90s with rock and roll and a lot of horns and create something new and exciting. I wanted musical changes, bridges, vibrata, live instrumentations, and classic songwriting. So then, you know, when I read that quote, I I sort of like wonder, what is she responding to? Mm -hmm. Uh, So Wikipedia informs us that she recorded this album, you know, between 2010 and 2011. The album Mm -hmm. came out in summer. Uh, So I have compiled uh, a list of songs that hit number one mm-hmm. in 2010. Uh, so just just to see kind of like what she is responding to or why she thinks radio is the way it is, whatever. Uh, so here's a good selection here. We got TikTok and We Are Who We Are by Kesha. Wake up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and we immediately know what Beyonce is talking about. <laughs> immediately. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe I chose certain songs to read first for a reason. I just think Beyonce is like, she's probably just like watching Kesha videos being like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Philip is shaking his head at us. Philip, well-known Kesha fan. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. Kesha, Kesha stan. Hey, does anybody have any hot takes about Bruce Springsteen? I mean, who cares um, about him? He is a the door of his generation. <laughs> Thank you, um, the other boomer in this room. Um, okay, okay, please please continue your list. Yes, yes. Of... sorry. Uh, also, just for the record, like I've come around to Kesha, you know, as everyone else has. Yeah. Uh, no, nope, I have not come Rainbow. around to her. Go listen to Rainbow. Uh, anyway, nope, next we got still California. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> anyway, next we got California Girls and Teenage Dream and Firework by Katy Perry. Yep. Decent. Three Stop. very Katy Perry yeah. songs. It's yeah. fine. It was good at the time. I yeah, it was we, fine at the time. 
Uh, we got Not Afraid and Love the Way You Lie by Eminem. I'm not afraid. Oh, okay. I was about to say, I don't remember Not Afraid. Thank you for reminder, Sanchez. Now I remember it. Uh, You're welcome. I don't know. I just don't know what Eminem is doing in this time period. Uh, Bad things well yes yeah. but like right. i guess it's like i don't understand the choices musically yeah no it's pretty bad yeah this was a recovery that album, yeah right? yeah i think so yeah that album's bad yeah yeah i don't know but then again was the last time eminem had a good album like uh, we can save this for the eminem season where we only watch oh, the mosh video and then talk about all his albums a true <laughs> a true um musician turned actor <laughs> uh okay well we got eight mile and we have funny people End of list. Yeah. Yeah, is that it? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> Our two episodes. Besides like a couple Eminem. cameos, maybe, yeah. Yeah. We could yeah. just talk about a bunch of Eminem parodies. Yeah, and really his funny people appearance is a cameo as well. It is. It's so really, it's actually yeah. against the rules to use that one, but yeah. Uh we got Like a G six by Far East Movement. Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. When's the last time you guys thought about that song? Uh probably college. 2010 around senior graduation week it was a big song for us at my high school particularly for me and one friend who used to blast it in her car all the time. Uh we got and finally we got Rude Boy Only Girl in the World and What's My Name by Rihanna. Cool. Excellent. Yeah. yeah very I, good I will say that Rude Boy is probably my favorite Rihanna song or my favorite Rihanna single. It's very good. Rihanna is yeah. probably like the exception to this list. Yeah, yeah. I, I did uh, consider uh, doing the Rude Boy video for the Is It Better Than Single Ladies segment. Mm-hmm. I don't remember that video. I, 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 I went against it in the end, but very good video. I it is. You didn't choose the We Found Love video. I, yeah, I, I did not pick any Rihanna videos, sadly. <laughs> Rude Boy is good, though. I like the color palette. It's bright yeah, and really that, that's fun. That's kind of what I, what I remember about it, it. It's good. You'll like it. It kind of looks like an MIA album cover from like her early career. Okay. It does. It I, looks a lot like yeah. that, but with more cool. like kind of an island color vibe. Nice. Yeah. So uh, what did Beyonce hypothetically not like about these songs? The whiteness? I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's a certain uh, uh, pale color palette to, or hue to the artist's song. I, I think maybe just like sort of the generic soundingness of them. It's hard to explain, like, but there's a sort of like nothingness to like the instrumentation of the songs. Like a lot of the songs sound very made by like technology. I don't really have the vocabulary to describe it, but it doesn't sound like they like recorded instruments. It sounds like they made all of the beats on like a computer, for example. In yeah, comparison, I mean- yeah. I feel like all these songs are like the ballet flats of songs, if that makes sense. Yes, it does. <laughs> they are the ballet flats. I, I, Aside I, I, from the Rihanna songs. Yeah, I, 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 I would about. like an explanation for that. Just, you know, they're ba- like ballet flats are just like things that you would put on in like 2010 or 2000. Like I'd say like 2008, maybe to 2011. You know, they're just like shoes that you could just like wear. You could wear them to dinner with your parents. You just wear them to the store. You like can wear them They anywhere. were comfortable. Yeah, they were comfortable, but they looked kind of nice. But they were also like kind of boring. But you can get them in okay. a bunch of different colors. Yeah. But it's essentially the same shoe. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. They all look identical, except that they're in different colors sometimes. Yeah. And in contrast, Rihanna is a really sexy stiletto. She is a stiletto. Yeah. Mm. I agree. Yeah. Okay. So when, when I look at these songs, um, I'm seeing a lot of electronic. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not quite in the EDM hole yet. We are in 2011. We are. Mm-hmm. What do we consider the EDM hole? 
Because I'm very, Skrillex. I don't think I, oh, okay, got it. I thought Skrillex was dubstep. <laughs> Like, is that different? Oh, I guess are we not are we differentiating between those things? I feel like dubstep got real big. Like so I I think of this era as like freshman year of college. Yeah. And I like I went to a lot of parties where like they would play dubstep. Okay. It was awful. Yeah, or, or okay, just kind of like the electronic takeover in general yeah. would include EDM and dubstep. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm I'm hearing yeah, but like you know, like like we're a year or two away from like you know, shit like chain smokers and you know shit like that. I mean, chain smokers had you know. When did a uh, let me take a selfie come out? Uh, I think around this time. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I'm hearing a lot of really that. Like, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of Gaga influence. But like watered um, down. Yeah, yeah. That I think that might be the big thing. I think it's that paired with like, you know, like early Skrillex and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, this feels we're, we're, very like poker face gaga before she decides like i am just gonna be my true insane self and wear like meat costumes everywhere yeah 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 i haven't gone full gaga yeah i'm at like a seven gaga i feel like she's about to go full gaga she's about to go full gaga yeah 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 so do we do we think that she you know if if the goal was to get more r&b on the radio um do we think she accomplished that yeah i think so i know that i heard like countdown and party and love on top on the radio a ton and i was always so happy to hear those instead of like other things that were on the radio mm-hmm. i don't think i heard things like i care as much as i probably would have liked to and i definitely heard run the world way too much yeah. but i do think that she succeeded to get things that were i think really well done and very r&b influenced um on the radio and then she's also performing them live at like big um on big like show televised shows as well yeah mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think i agree with you i think my only thing is that i wonder if like run the world almost cancels out the amount of like r&b that ended up on the radio because like i feel like run the world is the song that has the least r&b influences and the most it sounds the most like everything else and that was the mm-hmm. one that was the most all over the place probably like in terms of where it was playing it feels like she always has like one kind of anthemy song is the only yeah. way I can kind of explain it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's sort of hit or miss on whether or not that becomes like the one of the big singles. And it definitely did this time. Yeah. Yeah. Still referenced. You know, you still got Michelle Obama saying it on stage and stuff. So, yeah. <laughs> Never my favorite Beyonce single. From the world? Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to fully say yes, just because of, like, I think it's a little bit easier to argue that, like, this album came out, and it was a blip in the radar, because, again, we were about to fall into the EDM hole, um, but I'm also sort of wondering, you know, I mean, we're, we're not too far away from Channel Orange um and stuff like that and i'm sort of wondering how much this album kind of paves the way for you know the, the kind of like alternative r&b stuff to happen mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh my my, my, my I, I guess like not a whole lot because that stuff sounds a lot different than this but yeah um, yeah yeah like i it, to me it feels more like a kind of a one-off thing that we were all into for a second right before you know it all became about like drops or whatever um your uh your mattress 
back in Boulder. <laughs> Fuck. I don't think I remember that one. You so, know, you know, where it's like, you, something, 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 and your mattress back in Boulder. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's referencing the song Closer by uh, the Chainsmokers. Oh, and she's yes. getting the lyrics wrong. <laughs> okay. okay, there is a mattress though in the song. It's that mattress that you stole from your roommate back in Boulder. Who steals oh. a mattress, really? Rude. Mattresses are very expensive. And they're oh, heavy. Right. That's a hard thing to steal. It's a you hard You need thing two to people steal. at least. You do. Yeah, you need an, a little group of thieves. Yeah. To go in and what steal the mattresses. It'll be very funny if I turned out to have gotten those lyrics wrong. No, I'm pretty sure you got them right. I okay, think this good. is a this is a peacoat situation. <laughs> Shout out to last week again. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, standing amongst Beyonce's solo albums, um, I feel like we've already kind of talked about this a little bit, but like, mm-hmm. you know, this album does kind of feel like one that gets like left out of like Beyonce talk mm. at times. Um, how do, do we feel like that's true? Do we not feel like that's true? I, I feel like that's true for me personally. Yeah. I, I, I think that for people who have sort of come around to Beyonce kind of later in their music appreciation dump. Yeah. Uh, like this album isn't thought about as much. Like if you were like a diehard Beyonce fan from like the very first solo album or even Destiny's Child, you probably think about this album more. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yeah, like I, I think like this one had the least visible singles to a certain extent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, amongst like kind of you know obnoxious music hipster circles. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, for me, like this is kind of like the least like discussed like also just what was going on in my personal life was you know like i didn't have a commute anymore uh i i was not listening to radio at all (laughs) so Mm -hmm. like i i completely missed all the singles from this album except for uh run the world Um, i think for me this album i feel like i actually discuss it a lot but i'm more into hip-hop and r&b naturally i did not have an edm dubstep phase at all I actively avoided it um so I think that like when I think of this album and the singles I think that there's some of my favorite Beyonce songs some of my favorite songs in general um I think that like the album that I probably forget about the most of hers is the Sasha Fierce one just because I could I always forget what songs are really off the album besides single ladies that's Mm -hmm. really my sort of forgotten one but I do think that like when you think of where we are now with Beyonce albums it is hard for for to shine now that she's released things like Lemonade, for example, because that that was you know so huge. Yeah, I mean, two episodes I, from now. Yep. Yeah, that's that's kind of how I feel about the self titled one too. Mm. Um, where it's like I think for me, like when I really kind of came back to Beyonce, if that makes sense, yeah. like was when the self titled album dropped. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, I mean, it's definitely. This album in particular, um, again, I, this is the first time I've ever actually listened to it, like, the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that kind of says all you need to know in terms of, like, how I feel about it and how much I've ever talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, it is, I mean, it's an interesting thing to listen to now where you can kind of see, like, the beginnings, of the little seedlings of what, you know, what Beyonce looks, it, it, her career is like now. Yeah, yeah exactly. I think Butler made a good point about uh, the self-titled one, because the self-titled album is definitely, like, my turning point with Beyonce. Like, that's when I jumped on board. So, yeah. like, it is kind of hard for, like, for to stand up to 
Beyonce and the self-titled album and Lemonade. I mean, kind it of make is. that argument for a lot of the previous Beyonce and Destiny Child albums. But yeah, yeah, it's definitely hard. Um, like the self-titled yeah. album doesn't. It had like every single song on that album pretty much is a hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's also if you want to talk about like things we played to annoy Garth. <laughs> we haven't even brought yeah. up Drunk yeah. Love on yeah. the way to Taco Bell yet. Yeah. We, should just, we should save that for next episode. Yeah, yeah. We, okay. yeah. To be I continued, mean, I will not say anything more. Yeah, next like, episode I, I might be think... extra long. Let's just say. Yeah, I, I, we I have to call some like, people in from Jersey. <laughs> like, um, I, I think it says a lot that like, even on the episode that is specifically dedicated to four, we are talking about that self-titled. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 I know. Right. But, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of not fair because four is a great, great album. It um, is. And it should be thought of as such. It's got a lot yeah. of good quietly good stuff. Like, um, yeah. I know I keep bringing it up, but like school in life is one I, yeah. I very rarely listen to, but every time I do, I'm like, this is so fun. I like this song. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of that, what is everybody's favorite song? This is hard. It was really hard, right? I can go yeah, first I'm, just I'm to like... kind of start it off. Okay. I had a really hard time because Party is one of my all-time favorite Get Ready songs. The music video is so good. But ultimately, after re-listening, I think I decided that I Care is my favorite off of this album because the beat is so good. The beat just really gets you. It makes you want to kind of like blast it from your car. But it is quickly followed by Love on Top, which is a much more sort of like classic. You can hear more of the retro stuff she's trying to bring in. And she does, she kind of pushes her voice more in that one. Plus, it's Blue Ivy. It's her song. How can you Mm. not love it? Yeah, I was really hoping this would be the the episode where I don't say the same thing as one of you. Um, but I, I think for me, it's also I care because, like, I again while listening to this album too, I was just like, uh, "This song is so good." It's a toss up for me between uh, "Love on Top" and "Party." Mm-hmm. Excellent um, choices. I think I'll go "Party." Nice. That's nice. a good one. Uh, yeah, it, it just like it's got a good like summer cookout vibe to it. For sure. It really does. And that's yeah, kind of like the cool. vibe of the music video. Yeah, it's like it's like the afternoon, sun's going down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're outside in that nice summer light, put yeah. on party. It's a good time. Nice. Real quick yeah. thing, since you chose party, that means I'm going to ask you which version of the song. I think I know which one you're going to say, but this is basically a way for me to bring up your opinion on the Drake verse on, <laughs> on the music video to you. Oh, I didn't watch the video. You've never seen it? No, I've, oh. I've only... Um, you shall save this for I, the, next the, time. The, yeah, the, the, the only one I've listened to is the album version. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but however, I will have opinions on Drake versus next week. Well, let's talk about Epic then. Uh, <laughs> man, we have to... Speaking of things we don't like. Um, <laughs> I don't want to talk about Epic. Well, do you want to talk about Drake? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I have more opinions about Drake than I do Epic, frankly. Right. But... Garth, begin. Yes. All right, fine. <laughs> Epic, released May 24, 2013. Stupid date. 24? What? Whoa. 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 Said four again. Whoa. Philip, she said four like again. like the album. <laughs> cool. <laughs> uh, all right. Epic was directed by Chris Wedge. Uh, other directing credits include Ice Age 1, Robots, and Monster Trucks. No. You guys oh, remember yeah. Monster Trucks? No. Vaguely, yes. We showed Sanchez the trailer for that yesterday. Oh, God, why? Because <laughs> it was funny. 
Was it? No. So what about the alien who's stuck in a truck? I know what it's about. I had to. I was was telling the audience. Oh, okay. Um, uh, It was written by James V. Hart, William Joyce, Daniel Shear, Tom J. Astle. And I'm I'm really hoping it's Tom J. Astle and not Asshole, because otherwise that's very unfortunate for him. And Matt Ember. Story by credits for Hart, Joyce, and Wedge. Also, this whole thing is based on an IP by William Joyce. Yep. Uh, Leafman books. If I was more confident, I'd write the title of that book down, but I didn't. <laughs> um, William Joyce's other IP and credits also include Robots, Meet the Robinsons, and Rise of the Guardian. I don't know. I do have the um, name of the book by William Joyce if you want that, though, Garth. Isn't it like Leafman? It's the Leafman and the Brave Good Bugs. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, James V. Hart, his uh, former writing credits include the 1992 Dracula, directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Amazing. Uh, Muppet Treasure Island. Good. Nice. Contact. No Contact fans in the house? I don't like uh, aliens, so no. Uh, <laughs> we got Tuck Everlasting. No. Cute. <laughs> uh, we got Sahara. Oh, I want to live forever! <laughs> One more uh, writing credit for James B. Hart. Yeah. We got August Rust. You uh, missed August Sahara. August Rust. You missed Sahara. No, yes. You just you guys just talked over it. You guys don't get to hear what? it. What we wow. don't get to wow. pause and reflect on Matthew McConaughey wow. in the Sahara. Wow. All right, fine. <laughs> hey guys, did you know that James B. Hart wrote Sahara? Whoa, with Matthew McConaughey and Penelope yeah, Cruz. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I, you know, there was this one time when I was, uh, me and my friend Eric, we were going to go see Sin City, and then his dad's like, no, we're not my turn, so I'm going to see Sahara. Oh, oh, wow, that's a real twist. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, and then finally, we got August Rush. I don't think I know so, August Rush. It's about a man named August Rush. Who yeah. Is it? Has to... No. <laughs> you guys or, or, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what it's about. He I just... has to go on a race. I have a friend who brings up that movie a lot for comedic reasons. Shout out to Mods. But... Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, also, uh, we got Daniel Shear. He wrote a short called George Lucas in Love that Butler and I watched in college. We did? Yeah, it's the one where, like, George Lucas hasn't thought of Star Wars yet, but then he's, like, going around campus and he sees all the stuff that's, like, going to inspire Star Wars. I don't remember season. this. Are you sure? The only George I, Lucas I memory I have from, from college is when what's his face saw George Lucas on campus, and then you said, "Did you throw garbage at him?" I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, no, I didn't say that. Oh, our friend <laughs> said that. Oh. Well, oh my god, you guys, you have to stop saying names. I, <laughs> I specifically avoided names. <laughs> I said, "What's his name?" Whatever, it doesn't matter. Also, uh, Tom J. Astle and Matt Ember, who appear to be writing partners. Uh, their credits include Failure to Launch, Get Smart, and Home. Wow. Three real hits there. Yeah. Some, some good stuff. I don't know. Home sounds like a quality DreamWorks product to me. No, Home is cute. It's a cute movie to take it. kids to. But that's I it. haven't seen it. I always kind of wanted to, though, because I read an essay about how it's about colonialism. It is. Okay, sweet. Mm. It's really cute. Uh, so, uh, Epic stars Amanda Seyfried, jo- uh, Josh Hutcherson, Colin Farrell, yes. Christoph Waltz, Jason Sudeikis, Aziz Ansari, Chris O'Dowd, and of course, Beyonce. Yay! 
Yay. Also in the movie are Pitbull. Dale. Dale. Mr. 305. Mr. Worldwide. Mr. Worldwide. Uh, we got Steven Tyler, we got Blake Anderson, we got Judah Friedlander, and we got others. Uh, it should also be noted that the music for this film was done by Danny Elkman, who was in the band Oingo Boingo, who made the song Little Girls. Uh, Sanchez, how do you feel about the song Little Girls by Oingo Boingo? We are getting a canceled, canceled. canceled single. Canceled. <laughs> All right. All right. Plot. Okay. Plot, plot, plot. Um, plot. Would you like to begin or would you like me to begin? I can begin um, okay. with a quick uh, prompt that this uh, script's kind of a mess and uh, there's not a lot of explanations for things, but we did our best. Um, yeah. There is a secret tiny kingdom in a forest. The queen of the forest, Queen Tara, who is Beyonce, runs the kingdom and she ensures that the forest continues to grow and thrive with her magic powers. Her soldiers are called leaf men and her subjects are things you associate with good stuff in the forest, like flowers and leaves and agreeable bugs. Um, but there's also boggins. <laughs> oh, boggins? Oh, boggins! Uh, <laughs> is this like a, is this a, oh wait, isn't it, his last name's not boggins, it's baggins, never mind. Yes. We, I was like, is this a Bilbo Boggins joke? Boggins, yes. <laughs> One of these My days I'll get that movie Bilbo right, Boggins. Sanchez, I promise. <laughs> One of these days. But there's also Boggins. 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 Boggins are bad things in the forest, like mosquitoes and other gross stuff. But it's also like kind of unclear what exactly they're supposed to be. Uh, but they want yeah. to destroy the forest for no apparent reason. But apparently for some reason, a garbage kingdom is the better version of the forest. I don't know. Uh, they, so, yeah. Oh, go ahead. I don't know. It's just some sort of like weird life death metaphor or something. Yeah, I, I would also just like to note for the record that uh, I am also unclear about the plural of Boggins. I, I, I don't know if it's Boggin in the plural is Boggins or if it's Boggins in the plural is Bogginses. I think it's, it's bog- Bogginses. I think like it's Hobbitses. Boggin and Boggins. And the fact that you guys are saying two different answers just is more confusing, so let's just move on. Okay. okay. So, in the human world, Mary Catherine, or MK... Uh, or MK, who has no definable characteristics other than being white, redheaded, and not <laughs> sorry. Um, thank, thank you, Garth, for this. Um, yeah. Being white, redheaded, and not knowledgeable enough of past CIA U.S. military criminal activity to know why naming yourself MK is probably a bad idea. Um, Listen, shout out to the CIA. Mary Catherine's yeah, just a bad name in general, but we can get into Mary that Catherine later. Is a really bad name. That's just, it's not a name you, you don't yeah, hyphenate it's, it's those like two together. If you together. your entire life in a broom cupboard or whatever, like you name your daughter Mary Catherine. Yeah. So anyways, Mary Catherine moves in with her father, Professor Bomba. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Professor Bomba. Bomba. <laughs> Voiced right, by Jason so Sudeikis. Professor Bomba has been obsessed with proving that the Forest Kingdom exists um, to the point that he's all but abandoned his family to find them. So he and Mary Catherine, aka MK, don't get along. Because she doesn't go by Mary Catherine anymore. She's too cool for that. So she wants to go by MK. (laughs) Anyway, so uh, we're back to the the fairy kingdom. Part of the queen's duty is to name an heir. Not make an heir, name an heir. Uh, She must pick a leaf pod and then bloom it because it's magic or something like that. And then you pick an heir. She picks a pod. She picks like the smallest pod. And then the Boggins attack. Queen Tara no. is... Oh, no. Huh? Oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. The Queen, Tara, Queen Tara is killed. Beyonce is killed. And this has been, like, oh ten God. minutes. 
she's killed, killed 10 Beyonce minutes into the movie. One of this movie. Yeah. Yeah, devastating. She's, How do you feel about that, Bayhive? It's not good. Not good. Bad? It's just surprising. Um, yeah. So she's killed, and uh, she gives the pod to MK, who just happens to be walking through the forest trying to find her little dog. Um, but then she shrinks to the size of the people in the kingdom. And uh, with her dying breath, the queen instructs MK to seek out Nimgalu for instructions on what to do with the pod. So off she goes on an adventure with these people. There's Ronan, who is the head of the Leafmen, Colin Farrell. So good. Uh, there's Nod, a screw-up who screws up a lot that Ronan sees potential in for some reasons. The movie tries very hard to make it seem like Nod matters or should matter, as he's gotten a lot of screen time so far. But he doesn't, and he sucks. But guess what? He's, like, you know, the romantic interest. Um, yep. There's Mub, who is a slug, who is very interested in MK sexually. Uh, then there's also Grub, who is a snail, who really wants to be a leafman. <laughs> so, meanwhile, Mandrake, <laughs> the head of the Boggins. <laughs> the Boggins! He's <laughs> dragging them down, thanks to the help of um, an 80s popular <laughs> frog. The group dealt with earlier, Dale. Um, Dale. <laughs> Mandrake's son was killed in the skirmish with Queen Terra's people, so he's very mad and he wants to kill them. The toad tells them that they're going to Nimgaloo's palace. You have the to say it that way. The names in this movie are A+. Yeah, you have to. You have to say Nimgaloo. 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 There's no other way to say it. No. Philip, say Nimgaloo. continue. What? Say Nimgaloo. Nimgaloo? You said it wrong. They go to they go to Nimgaloo's palace. He's a hippie worm who keeps magic scrolls. La la la. Uh, keeps magic scrolls. There they learn that they must bloom the leaf pod in the light of the full moon tonight so that the air can retain the forest powers. Sorry, it's just so silly. <laughs> like me to no, it's just, I'm just, I can't get over it. It's silly. Um, so Mandrake, <laughs> Mandrake shows up. Uh, he kidnaps Mub and Grub and steals the pod. And the only reason he's able to do this is because Nod decided to go off and flirt with MK and take her away from protecting the pod. They do something with a deer or whatever. Uh, but then we learn that if the pod is bloomed in the darkness, away from moonlight, Mandrake will control the forest and destroy it. Because I guess it's going to turn into some sort of dark prince. or That's what he keeps calling it. Anyway, there's stakes now. Oh my gosh. But guess what? We're also halfway through the movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in Screenwriting 101, they tell you to introduce the stakes halfway through the movie. Yep. That's what they do. Fuck everything. Anyway, uh, MK, Ronan, and Nodge hatch a plan. They're going to infiltrate the Boggins lair, steal the pod back, and then rescue Mub and Grub. But who has... They have to get Boggin armor. Who has it? Professor Bamba does. Uh, so they sneak into the house, steal said armor, but Bomba catches MK on the way out. And upon seeing his daughter in miniature size, he faints and she escapes. On her way out, she leaves proof of where she's going somehow. They stick the tack in the... Yeah, but like, I don't... That Maybe for, maybe for later. I don't understand the tack thing. So they infiltrate the Boggins lair. The Boggins! The Boggins! <laughs> Arts, the Boggins. Also, wait. they rescue they rescue Mub and Grub, and take the pod. But Ronan sacrifices himself so the others can make it out. Yes. Also confirmed that it is Boggin, plural Boggins. By the way. Okay. The Interesting. Way. Yeah. Interesting. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, so they go back to the kingdom and attempt to bloom the pod in moonlight, but Mandrake's bats block out the moonlight, uh, and then a big battle takes place. Um, what's his name? Nod, you know, kind of leads the attack. 
Um, the good guys are about to lose, but then Bomba shows up with this, and, like, he, I don't know, he has this weird iPod thing with, like, some sort of bat noise on it, and that lures the bats away. Uh, MK is the one that's led him to the fight, by the way. Um, and then, uh, the pod is bloomed in moonlight, and a magical apparition of, uh, Queen Terra comes out. She names a random little kid that we met earlier in the movie as the new queen, and then MK and Nod kiss, even though it's an extremely unearned moment, truly. Uh, and then she becomes big again. And but somehow they all stay friends, and that's it. The end. We're done. Yay. Yay. So what do we all think of the movie? Bad. It was bad. It was as bad as I it was maybe a little worse than I thought it was gonna be, but I did not think it was gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty unpleasant. Yeah. I thought there was gonna be more Beyonce. I really did. I yeah. she's all over the marketing. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you know, rest in peace, DMX, but this is a very DMX season-esque movie. Yeah, it, yeah, it reminded me a lot <laughs> of what happened with Romeo Must Die, where you think maybe his character is going to be bigger, and then he, he just dies very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I... Not a fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like there have been several attempts to do, like, there's a secret mini-kingdom in the forest. Um... And uh, they don't work for a reason. Yep. Uh, Storytelling's clunky and bad. The exposition's bad. Uh, The aesthetic, which we'll be getting into in a second, is bad. Uh, I mean, there's some. There's a cool shot or two, but yeah, I mean, this is just a very like tossed off movie, and who cares? Yep. 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 I, I could, I don't know, make it sound like I have more opinions about it than I do, but I don't. What did we think of Beyonce in this movie for the small amount of time that she was in this movie? I mean, I think this, like, falls into the same camp of, like, she doesn't really have anything to do, so it's hard to, like, really assess the quality of her work. Yeah. Because it's so, like, bleh and nothing. Yep. I I really didn't see them killing her off so early, so... I was, like, starting to get invested in this cute kind of flirty, flirty thing with Ronan. And I was like, oh, this could be fun for, like, the rest of the movie or something. And then, I don't know, I was like, maybe they'll decide that they could just make an heir instead of picking one. Because that would be better. Ooh, why not? Yeah. They've got chemistry. I don't know. Like, she's got, like, no lines. It's, you know. Yeah. Yeah. She's yeah, so fine, I'm, I guess. Yeah. I'm kind of of two minds. Mm-hmm. Uh, on one hand, it's a real bummer how often we end up saying, like, Beyonce doesn't have a whole lot to do. Mm-hmm. And, like, she's doing fine for what she's been given. Uh, on the other hand, like, voice acting is an incredibly underrated skill. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a, it's a it's a surprisingly difficult thing to do if you ever talk like listen to interviews with voice actors and stuff like that. Uh, I I have a tremendous amount of appreciation for it. And I think she like for what she has, she does a I think she does a very good job. Um, like she she sounds like a sort of you know like lively character who is you know leading this kingdom. And, like, she sort of injects a quality to it. Uh, I, I don't quite know how to describe it. But I was just like, yeah, she's doing a good job. Um, 
you know, I don't know, ch- channeling that queen bee energy to a literal queen character. Mm-hmm. Like, it, 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 it is entirely possible that, like, I'm just projecting my own bullshit onto it because, you know, we, we think of how we think of Beyonce and she's in this movie as a literal queen. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think she did a good job. You know what didn't do a good job? What? <laughs> what did not do a good job? The aesthetic of this movie. Oh, yeah. Early 2010 uh, CG. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it looks bad. Um, most stuff, I'd say, from like the early 2010s. Yeah. Um, I mean, this, this is just yeah. what happens with CG animation. It's, it's going to age regardless of when it comes out. Like, we will be eventually having all these conversations about songs, or songs, about songs. movies that are coming out now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but here's, like, the thing that's, like, I mean, because when you watch, like, Toy Story, right? Like, that came out in, what, like, 96, 97? Uh, yeah. yeah. And I think I think they did do something kind of clever where, like, because it's about toys, they don't have to, like, do any shading. So it, like, still kind of holds up in a way that I think, like, you know, a movie that was not about, like, you know, pieces of plastic probably wouldn't. Yeah. Um, Fair point. But, you know, that being said, I think there's definitely a lot of stuff from like the 2000s um and the 2010s that just doesn't look that good and you know i'm sure we'll be saying the same thing in 10 years yeah but yeah i think you have a point there with the toy story example i think when you're doing something that's about like a non-human character even if it's like a representation of a human you can suspend disbelief a lot more so if it looks kind of janky like because it's aged it's not it's not doesn't affect you as much but when you like watch it and you see like a human pop up in toy story you're like it's a little weird yes Yes. Yeah. 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 Which is like funny too, because like when you watch this movie, you're just like, ugh. Like everyone, the way everyone is designed just looks like really blech. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say like even if the CG was like top quality, you know, 2021 quality, or you know, even in the future, Mm -hmm. it wouldn't really matter because I just like don't like how things are like drawn and designed in this movie at all. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I like the. uh, I guess it's like the good creatures, the little flower people. I love the mm. women that are uh, dandelions. There's like a bit where so she's like a, a dandelion and her friend's trying to get her to calm down. So she, I think she slaps her and all of her dandelion things fall off of her hair. I just, mm-hmm. I like the look of them, but like everything else is kind of not a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan. Yeah. Yeah, just like, like, yeah, like as we kind of hinted at, like, or not even hinted at, just outright said, like CG people, like human beings, are always going to age poorly. Like, I really do not like how any of the human beings are drawn. Um, yeah. Or, yeah. Know, like, it's, like, I just don't like looking at her dad. He looks so much like a weird Conan O'Brien. Like a weird, <laughs> like a parody of Conan O'Brien. Like, a, you know, a caricature. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. like he doesn't have, mm-hmm. like, the adorable factor that I feel like you need for... For a Conan of... O'Brien. <laughs> well, obviously. But, but like... No, just like you know, he's a he's a, a dad. Uh, yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. He, he doesn't seem dadly. It's not like the way that he's acted or anything. Mm-hmm. Sudeikis does a great job. Um, it, it's just more like how he's drawn and like his body language and stuff like that. And just like I don't know, he, he it, they they like if you have like a big stack of money and like you could invest in like adorable dad or like making him look like a professor, they went all in on professor. Yeah. And like no nothing like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't like how MK looks. He just looks bland. Yeah. I really yeah. just don't like the noses in this movie. The, yeah, noses, the noses are kind of weird. funky. 
I don't really yeah. love what they did with uh, Ronan's face either. It looks very flat, I guess mm-hmm. is the best way to describe it. But yeah, very sharp. Yeah. Chins and stuff like that. Beyonce's character doesn't look bad. The queen. Yeah. She yeah. She's probably the best looking of the group. I agree with that. I think she's yeah. definitely the best looking mm-hmm. character. Yeah. 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 Um, I will. Okay. Like one thing I will praise. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the goal was clearly to make the Boggins look gross. Yeah. And they did a very good job. They do mm-hmm. look very like, gross. Like, they are very like intentionally unpleasant to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the texture right. in the Boggin world is good. Yeah, it yeah. just just like those like rat carcasses they wear. Yeah, like they they really look like rat carcasses. Yeah, <laughs> they're like gross. The, the, the way that they're draped. Yeah. And like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like I think this movie is a good example of just how like you know even if like things don't age super great, like there are some studio maybe not studios is fair, but like there are some movies that would hold up a lot better than others, and like this is definitely not one of them. Yeah. yeah. Also, actually, no, I'll bring that up later. All right. Uh, I, I have a very serious point to make about uh, the spelling of epic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that will come later. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some non-Disney animation. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so all three of us are millennials. Yes. And thus we have uh, lots of love for Disney. Yes. And we are very loud about it. And, you know, you, you all those BuzzFeed quiz you've quizzes you've taken like they exist for a reason <laughs> um well um i have right. been to disney world as an adult yeah same you know what i have too pretty fun yeah. not gonna lie i mean you know when it's only like 45 minutes away why not yeah i'm gonna yeah. uh i'm gonna weaponize my nostalgia and write some truly heinous things about you on the internet if you talk some shit about disney <laughs> uh but uh let's talk about some like non just for the sake of being positive we've been been kind of negative about this movie uh what are some non uh disney animation stuff we like i'll start okay um i'm a big ghibli guy yes ghibli's great Um, very good i'm very much into cartoon saloon they're the irish studio uh Mm. they put out um song of the sea and the secret of kells and wolf walkers which Mm -hmm. is incredible go Mm -hmm. see wolf walk go and see all three of them but yeah they've got great style yeah i've only i've only seen the selfie one but that one was really good yeah uh, Into the Spider Verse. Oh, really good. Very good. Really, really good. Not enough positive things to say about that. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of two of the four Lego movies. I, I really like the the Lego movie, the first Lego movie, and I like Lego Batman. Oh, the first one. oh I see what you mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two, I thought was okay, and I, I never saw it in Jago. Um, I think Ninjago is very skippable. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, are all, what, what do we all think of Shrek? I think that Shrek 2 is the best of them. I really? Think, yeah. Shrek 2 wow, by far. Take. I've only, to be Very fair, I've only seen uh, the first three, I think. And yes, I stand by my take that the second one, where they go to the fairy tale version of Hollywood and then and make a bunch of jokes about it that were very solid, is the best one. That's interesting. I, you know what, I will say I do like Shrek 2 more than I think you would expect. But I think if I were to pick a Shrek, it would be Shrek 1. Interesting. Yeah, me too. All right. I, yeah. I, I still like Shrek. Like, I know that the internet has destroyed Shrek. 
but like yeah. I still like Shrek one as a movie. Oh, the internet yeah. loves Shrek. I just I can't watch. Oh, the internet loves Shrek. <laughs> I just can't watch the first one. The animation in that one truly has aged so poorly that I cannot watch it. It looks really bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like internet. The internet has kind of like shot Shrek in the head and left it out to die. But uh, which is too bad because honestly, like Shrek is a good movie and like an interesting movie and yeah, kind like, of historically relevant. Yeah, but, yeah sure. Like like petty yeah. asshole fuck you towards Disney from Michael Eisner. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but uh, or not Michael. It's Eisner, a Jeff. Uh, it's a Katzenberg. Yeah, Katzenberg. That's what I meant. Yeah. Sure. Uh, but, the Hollywood man. Yes. Yep, um, Mr. Hollywood himself. Everybody, yeah, everybody I mean, loves you know, him. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I saw that first movie, you know, in a theater. Yeah. At the right age, I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like the first time I saw an animated movie and like was very aware of like the jokes that were for adults. Mm-hmm. Even though like I don't know, we were all in like middle school when they came out, but whatever. I think we were. You younger were younger than, than middle like school. 10 or eleven. Yeah. Yeah, because it was. Um, um, the Smash Mouth song is yeah. It? I remember because I saw my teacher at it. Shrek is two thousand one, <laughs> so yeah. we're very oh, wow. young. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're like what eight, are nine. You doing? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, uh, whatever. When the when the wash your face joke happened, I, thought I, that was I died laughing in the theater. Yeah. I thought that was so funny. Um, anyway, but move on from Shrek. Uh, I know we have some Don Bluth fans. I don't think I know did he Don do Anastasia. He did do Anastasia. Oh, well, I do love Anastasia. But other than that, I don't I think I know who he is. Uh, he did Anastasia. He did uh, Fievel. Oh, the, okay, the American, American Tale. Tale. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did Land Before Time. Love it. Um, he did some less reputable movies. Not, like, immoral or anything. Just, oh, he did, did you do uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven? Yes. I think so. The animation feels like it would be right did he do balto i, I love balto. balto i love balto it's too. interesting i did not yeah. know but now that i think about it all of these movies are coming out at a time where i'm not paying attention to who made them at all and i remember yeah. for the longest time i thought anastasia was a disney disney movie anyway just because it was Me a too. princess so yeah. i'm not surprised yeah. i don't know his name even though i am a fan of a lot of the stuff he's made yeah mm-hmm. are you a, a titan ae fan i don't know titan ae i know it's, it's, it's the like iron the giant that's not Iron right. Giant is good. Iron Giant's so good, good right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I'm I'm a big um, at least the feature films, How to Train Your Dragon guy. Yeah, those are good. I saw the first one and I liked it a lot. Yeah, the first yeah. one's great. Second one's great. I'm just kind of mixed on the third. They're good. Yeah, yeah. they're fun. Uh, yeah. Anyone else got anything to add? Yeah. I think we let's see. We talked about Anastasia. We talked about Land Before Time, which I saw many of those movies. Saw both American Tales. We talked about Iron Giant. Um, there is, of course, Spirit, Stallion of the Cimarron, DreamWorks Animation, Oscar nominee, classic. I've never seen it. Oh, it's really good. You should see it. I've seen it. I know I saw it multiple the times Damon in horse, theater, right? huh? That's the Matt Damon horse, right? Yes, it is. Okay. It's really good. Um, has spawned several spinoffs. Yes. Uh, it's I, it's really good. Of... It was you know, mm-hmm. nominated for a reason. Um, and there's also, I like Shark Tale. The Will Smith as a fish with like. Yeah, all I was gonna ask. Uh, I saw that on the list, and like, I think you're the first person I've ever seen to have any positive opinions about Shark Tale. I saw it in the theaters at like the Wheaton theaters with my parents, and I just had a distinct memory of loving the music in it. And my parents really liked the music in it because they're like, "Oh, it's Car Wash. We love Car Wash." 
My parents, for people that don't know, are older black people. If you couldn't tell, <laughs> if you couldn't already tell. Um, and I, we own it on DVD. And it's one of those movies we watched in the back of like the car a lot because we had the TV screens in the back seat. And so it just has a lot of nostalgia for me. I'm sure if I went back to watch it again, it's been a while. I might not, I might have more things to say about it. But at the time, it was very good. Um, mm. I really like the Swan Princess series. I don't know if you guys have seen this. Oh, yeah. Yes, I right? love those movies. Yes. 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 So Absolutely. good. Yes. So good. I totally forgot about that. Another yes. cartoon man mm-hmm. I had a huge crush on. Iconic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So mm-hmm. good. Oh, yeah. Um, I liked Brave Little Toaster. So, mm. so cute. And mm-hmm. uh, Fern Gully, of course. Of course. Yes. I saw both Fern Gullies, and I'm pretty sure I own both of them on VHS. In fact, through this entire list, I'm sure I have a VHS of at least one of all of these. I like it. Plus the DVD of Shark Tale. Any any more? Yeah, I'm pretty disappointed that no one here has brought up Scrat. (laughs) I don't know Scrat. (laughs) Oh, wait, Scrat. (laughs) Are you saying that Scrat, the little rat from Ice Age movies? (laughs) What? Charles Sanchez. Those movies have aged so poorly. <laughs> I told, we ha- I had a whole discussion with Garth about this. I've only ever seen two of those movies, and I was dragged to the second one. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Scrat. Okay, nice. Talk about a little like animated character I wish I could erase from history. That thing was everywhere, and it's so ugly. I keep looking at it. Ugly little teeth. Ugh. Okay, no, I, I, I'm pretty sure I didn't do any research on this, but I'm pretty sure they had it. What? <laughs> Are you okay? No, there wasn't. <laughs> Sorry, guys. No, okay. I'm like very, very sure that what you. Philip is egging Sanchez No, no, okay, you guys, I'm like very sure that one year during the New York Thanksgiving parade, they had a scrap balloon? Of course they did. Of course. No, of course they did. Do you know how much money the Ice Age series made for that company? Do you know how much they put that they put they put that little animal everywhere, Sanchez. It was everywhere. And I hated it. I was like, I wish that this character was gone. I can't see Scrat anymore. I can't see this dumb little cartoon. I can't see him waltz in and out of time just causing ice ages or whatever. I also can't see any more ice age movies. I'm over it. They're done. They're played out. They look bad. I hate them. What about? I mean, no, I can't believe you brought up Scrat. Scrat. You brought up. It's like you. Um, you don't even bring up the movie. You just bring up Scrat. Only Scrat. Didn't they make a movie just about Scrat? I think they did. Like yeah, of course they did. Christmas and I'm sure. It, I'm sure it made them so much money. I'm sure they sold millions of Scrat dolls. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Paramount. <laughs> Scrat movie. Or Sony. I forget which one it is, but it's one of you two. <laughs> okay, hold on. <laughs> okay, we have Ice Age, the great escape. <laughs> you have not seen that. <laughs> I don't believe you. <laughs> it's also Ice Age 
Space Age movies. <laughs> Chelsea, it's just like F9. It's Ice Age Collision Course. I don't. How it's dare you? How dare you? How dare you compl- How dare you compare the Ice Age franchise of travesties to the classic Fast Saga, a movie we recently saw together as a group in theaters? How dare you? I should leave this podcast right now. I should storm off. You drive the car so fast. How dare you? Okay, this has been, this has been the scrap okay. corner. I'm, I'm, I'm going to shout out <laughs> three more. Okay. Um, is it Ice Age Collision? No. It's not Ice Age Collision. <laughs> I'm course. sure it's none of the Ice Age movies. Is it Ice Age Continental Drift? I mean, look, we can talk about Ice Age more when we do the film. <laughs> it's just it's so dumb. Continental collision, collision Course and <laughs> Continental Drift are essentially the same thing. They are the same term. <laughs> They mean the same thing, that they're going to be extinct soon. And they never go extinct. Okay. Three more. Okay. Animated documentary called Waltz of Bashir. Incredible. Go watch that. Uh, the Triplets of Belleville. Great. Watch that. And The Illusionist from the same director as Triplets of Belleville. Great. Go watch that. All right. Wow. Moving on, finally. <laughs> from not Disney animation. Uh, generally speaking most of these movies do not reach kind of Disney levels of cultural status except for like maybe Iron Giant yeah yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like the the key word there is generally speaking yeah Um, Yeah. but that yeah like Iron Giant would be an example of an exception Scrat would be another good (laughs) (laughs) fuck you Scrat. Uh, Scrat is like he's like top tier. It's like he's only above the minions and what in the yeah, mascots that like, I despise. Like, uh, yeah, like a, mm-hmm. another like depressing exception to this rule is probably minions. And minions, I fucking hate the minions. minions can be I cute can't. sometimes. I'm okay with the minions sometimes, but Scrat never. Uh, yeah. So I mean, minions have just taken over culture. Yeah. Yes. Um, so then, like, the question becomes, like, why haven't any of these movies really infiltrated as heavily as Disney has? Saturation of the market. As yeah. in Disney <laughs> saturating the market, yeah. sorry. Yes. But it's, I, think it's, I think it's a combination of Disney just, like, they've been around so long that they have ingrained themselves in culture so deeply that it's very hard to compete. And you kind of have to get lucky. Like, the minions are they feel like they're luck a little bit. Like, they're very cute. In a lot of ways, they're very Disney-esque because they're these little henchmen that have, like, a nonsense language that kids can, like, repeat to make their parents annoyed and stuff like that. And they're a cute little doll, but they're kind of ugly. It's a very Disney mascot. Um, But, like, it's, you know, it's a hard thing to come up with. Um, Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I agree. I think part of it, I'm sure, is marketing, too, where it's, like, right, like, Disney, it's Disney. So, like, if a Disney movie comes out, it's going to be a whole thing, kind of by nature of it being a Disney movie. Um, yeah, like, Disney is the only <clears throat> of the, one of the studios that actually has a brand. Well, yeah. Disney has like, theme parks, too. Like, they have yeah, places yeah. you can go to get a full Disney experience that you can't get for a lot of, like, like, Don Bluth doesn't have a theme park. You know, yeah, he doesn't, exactly. but yeah. he's also not associated with a studio that has one that can put the money into building one. Yeah. Yeah. And like, also to add to Butler's point about how long Disney's been around, like they've been around so long that like, 
a lot of other non-Disney movies, and I would include this one, are chasing Disney movies. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. In, in terms of like content and how to feel. I mean, the only thing stopping this from being a Disney movie, or stopping Epic from being a Disney movie, essentially, is like a lack of songs. Yeah, exactly. Like Because it has so many Disney things in it. You know, she's got a dead mom. She's sort of on the cusp mm-hmm. of adulthood. She's this very slender white girl she's got a crazy inventor dad she's got animal sidekicks she's you know interacting with royalty lots of disney tropes here um but yeah just like a not quite there yeah 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 and and we're talking about like the better of the non-disney animated movies too like you, you can get further down the ladder and just like some of these non-animated Disney movies are just kind of gross cash-ins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like one thing that comes to mind is the unfortunately now Sing franchise. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Like Sing is very clearly like let's put in as many needle drops and licensed songs as possible and then like throw a bunch of audition scenes in the trailer. Yeah. Including one in front of F9 which was no, no, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I also don't like how the animals look in F in, in, in F9. In, yeah, wow. In, in Sing. Um, probably because Scrat wasn't in F9. Um, <laughs> you can't just bring up Scrat all the time. This is how she's going to so chaos. Go um, I mean, I don't know. What Sing is interesting. I, I think I like some of the animals and some of them I don't like them. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I think like in the end, just like there's an expected level of quality of Disney and, you know, we can throw a Pixar there. Um, I would conflate the two because I yeah. think they've been you know, yeah. tied for so long. Yeah, but, yeah I mean, I, I feel like, I, I feel like at this point they've been tied together longer than they haven't been yeah. at this point. Um, Philip would know. <laughs> I just, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, like, other studios don't, and, like, they come out mangled because they don't have the same priorities, and that's why, like, Epic, like, that script is a mess. Yeah. And, and like, um, I, I don't know how to properly explain it, but, like, it feels like a studio interference mess. Mm-hmm. It, just, like, the, like, how poor the exposition is and, like, how jumbled things are and, like, f- th- things that clearly don't have anything to do with the story are tacked on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, part of it too is like we're in this kind of era of just like cram as many famous people into a movie, into an yeah. animated movie yeah. specifically, right? Yeah. Um, like the Angry Birds movie, I think, was like this too. <laughs> oh. It's just like, yeah. You know, it's just like cramming, jamming people in, having an IP that like might be interesting to somebody, I guess. Yeah. And then like making a movie from that. Someday Sudeikis will be in a good anime. You talk about like a shameless cash grab. It's like, let's just turn anything that is popular into a movie you know yeah. with like a loose plot so that's how you get a lot of like game-based movies like let's turn tag into a movie i don't know yeah which is it's, like, it's funny still. too because it's funny to compare that to disney right because it's like disney has also shamelessly done that like the pirates of the caribbean movie are, movies are based off of you know a ride well that i think is a little different because they're mining their own ip there Whereas a lot of people have to do a lot of work to create characters or like buy an established IP. Disney is very careful about creating originals or mining things that they themselves also created. That's an interesting point. You know, and I I bet that does kind of make it easier to do quality control because it's not like you have to do anything with like another person to get that IP, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're working from 
your own stuff so you can kind of be like, all right, I can invest in like making, and I mean, not to be like Pirates of the Caribbean or is the best franchise ever. Cause like, obviously it's not, but um, you know, like when that movie came out, it was a huge phenomenon. And like, you know, I remember really liking it when it came out when I was 10 or whatever. Um, and you know, like they clearly know how to make a good movie yeah, or, you know, like a showstopper movie. Oh yeah. For from sure. stuff. And yeah, like this just, it feels like it totally misses the mark. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, we should talk about the director and his thoughts on this movie because he's got some interesting opinions. Uh, yeah, it's, it's this weird battle about like who is the dumbest, like the director or the marketing department. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, it's a, interesting. it's probably at a tie. So uh, Wikipedia has got some really interesting stuff about this movie on it. Um, and so for some context here, the original title of this movie was going to be Leaf Men, which was going to be pulled from the title of the book. But marketing decided that Epic was better because there were also a lot of changes from the original story in the book, from what I understand. Uh, and they wanted to make it more of a bigger action feel, which they failed with. Uh, so thus they decided Epic was a better title. Good job, marketing. Yeah. So um, there's a quote from the director, Mr. Wedge, on here that says, according, oh wait, sorry, no, this is a, this is a quote about the director, Wedge, on Wikipedia. It says, according to Wedge, he was not satisfied with the renaming, which was decided by the marketing department. He also expressed dissatisfaction with subtitles given to the film in some non-English countries, including the French subtitle, The Battle of the Secret Kingdom. The battle. The battle. The secret kingdom. The secret kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, I'm not convinced that, like, Leafmen is a good name for a movie. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not. But one thing I can not. definitely say is that Epic is worse. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just that is a complete marketing department decision. Just like, let's just call it Epic. Like, all teens are saying epic. That's exactly what I think. Like, I think that epic was becoming big to throw around. Uh, and somebody was like, hey, you know, my little nephew's saying epic all the time. Let's just make that the title. That seems to be the thing the kids are saying. Yeah. It's just like, it's like everyone's saying it. And also the, the, the dumb spelling thing I was referring to earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was the thing in all the posters where it's spelled in all lowercase which I hate. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, why bother? Like, that was definitely... Yeah. Yeah. It's like, the internet. <laughs> Epic. Um, so then... I, I was just harassing my secretary, and she told me that ep- all the kids are saying Epic. I've been marketing. I don't like marketing. Is this when, like, Tangled came out, or was Tangled after this? Uh, I want to say Tangled was before... I feel like I, I don't have any evidence to back this up, but I wonder how many, like, one kind of word films came out at, around this Tangled time. is 2010, so it is around here. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. For the record, I quite like Tangled. Tangled, Tangled is cute. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't watched the uh, the hand-drawn series that Disney is doing for it, that is also very cute. You should check that out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I like all the hand-drawn yeah. stuff that Disney is bringing back to the Disney channel. Because um, um, we should do more yeah, hand-drawn. Yeah. It looks great. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, but yeah, like... Like Wedge, like the director is correct that Epic is a bad yeah. name, but like yeah. I, I'm not sure Leafmen is a better one. I know, right? Like, hey, Phil, hey, Phil do you want to see Leafmen? No. Yeah, you see. Yeah. Exactly. And I didn't want to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, they are one. Well, in technically, the same. you didn't. You only watched like the first half hour, right? Barely. I was, I was doing this. I was scanning, you know. <laughs> you scanning those planets. Um, so, okay, Wikipedia Um, also goes on to say, although the film is based on and borrows many characters from Joyce's book, 
Its plot has been significantly changed. Wedge explained, while Bill wrote a wonderful book, it is a quaint story. We wanted to make a gigantic action-adventure movie. To address online speculations well, about whether the film is similar to other films like Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, or Avatar, Wedge said, I hate to associate it with other movies. It is adventure on the scale of Star Wars. And it does immerse the audience completely in a world like Avatar, but it has its own personality. And just, wow, that is a strong, wild opinion. <laughs> that is yeah. a very bold take. I can't believe that so, they okay. conf- like they compared this movie to Avatar in the first place. Like, why even set that up? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, like, vague forest. I guess. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Okay, let's talk about some odd casting decisions. Uh, this movie has some odd casting decisions. Was it on Garth, uh, or was it perfection for this time period? Or was it Dale? Mr. Dale. Mr. Worldwide yes. is a frog. Oh my gosh. Yeah, capture that with a Kodak. Yes. Pitbull um, as yes. the frog Bufo. <laughs> Bufo. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bufo is a frog. Yes. He fixes races. Yes. He's seedy. Yes. He wears a gold chain and a silk suit, what appears to be a zip-up sweater. Yes. Incredible. He is. He's a. He's a criminal. He is. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's interesting. Yeah. I think that man's up to some dirt, or that frog's up to some. In dirt. the plot, I think you called them like an '80s coke dealer or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Like even that's like more luxurious than like how he looks like. <laughs> Like, Bufo, like, you go to Bufo if you're, like, 17 and you need a fake ID. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> he's, he's got, like, a laminating machine that he stole from his cousin who works at the DMV or something. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is Pimple. It's character. Yeah, he, he, he's, he's stealing your credit card information online and, like, filling out credit card applications. He's just, he's just up the dirt. <laughs> He's yes. been up for three days. Yes. Um, but okay. Um, presumably they casted Pitbull to like... The, like we are at peak Pitbull. Yes. Right? He's, More or less. He is Mr. Worldwide. Yes. For sure. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So I mean like... It's very clearly a stunt cast. Like he has two scenes in the movie. Yeah. yeah. My question is how did he do? Um, he I thought he was fine actually. Yeah. Yeah. Other than like the it, the immediate like oh man that's Pitbull that's a surprise like he was doing fine I think like yeah yeah I I, I didn't think he was that good but I he doesn't need to be good yeah I mean <laughs> he's he's fine he's, he's for fine. what this is yeah it doesn't matter because he's Mister Worldwide yeah, yeah exactly right. like for some context this is like right before Planet Pit is released. And uh, one of us is a more substantial Pitbull fan than the other. <laughs> Two of us. Yeah, we oh, both really, really love he, him. Okay, well, first off, he's Cuban, uh, so okay. I have to like him. Okay. I mean, fair. This is like <laughs> beginning of the conversation. This is fair. Um, I'm trying yeah. to. The one that was like right before this, 2009, is like Pitbull starring in uh, Revolution. It's like the one where he's on the cover and like the woman's covered in green camo. Yes. Yeah. So yes. like that is, mm-hmm. I think, when he officially became Mister Worldwide. If yes. I remember right, that's when he went from Mister Three Hundred Five to Mister. Yes, exactly. Because before yeah. then, we're mm-hmm. doing like the boat lift and stuff like that, and he's still exactly. Mister Three Hundred Five. Yes. Yeah, that's very Mister Three Hundred Five. Yes. That is not Mister Worldwide. Yes. Anyway, yes. So, shall we talk about Nimgalu? Yes, Nimgalu. Nimgalu. I. Uh, voiced by Steven Tyler. I didn't realize that at all. I was thinking the yeah, whole time, like, who is this voice? And didn't put. Yeah. Up. Yeah. 
at all. Yeah. So okay, here's the thing. Doing a stunt cast with Pitbull in 2013 is a completely understandable thing. Yes. Maybe not Mm -hmm. the most like integral move, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's a mainstream movie. Um, Why the fuck are you casting Steven Tyler in 2013? I don't know. Yeah. And you know what? I forgot that this is 2013. So this is actually more like global warming album for Pitbull. Oh, um, okay. sorry. That's a very... <laughs> still Mr. Worldwide. Still Mr. Worldwide. Sorry, but further into it. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. That was a big tip. More of the timber era yeah. than... Um... <laughs> yeah, he does to be... Oh I just, I forgot it was 2013. Okay, I'm thinking 2010, so. Um, but yeah, I don't know. This, and then it's interesting, because they also give, like, the one song in the movie to Steven Tyler. Yeah, like, it, what? It's, it's really yeah. like half Why a song. Not? Like, it's weird. I just, it, I don't know. It's so okay, weird. Because my, my theory there is like, uh, like, haha, we're going to make a riff of a Disney movie where we're going to make it seem like he's about to break into a big song, but then like he abruptly stops the song when he finds out that uh, Beyonce's dead. Yeah. As we all would in real life, really. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like they stop this. Like it's, it, I, I can imagine like being a writer and like writing that joke and feeling like very clever, but then just like the execution of it just is just killed in the moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, how did Steven Tyler do? I think he did a good job because I didn't recognize his voice, but I mean the yeah, character yeah, is weird. I, I thought he did surprisingly okay. The, yeah. the character itself is weird, and Garth, I've been thinking about this a bit more. You were wondering, like, you were saying, like, no, it's not a glowworm. I mean, it is a glowworm. It's not a caterpillar. And I, it occurred to me that maybe they specifically did that because there is the caterpillar in um, Disney's Alice in Wonderland. So maybe they're trying to avoid oh, right. some. Probably. And they feel like some yeah. sort of similar-ish characters, but um, maybe they're trying to avoid yeah. some copyright there. I don't know. Probably. Yeah. I feel like drug caterpillar it pretty much always equals Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. yeah. But okay, here's, yeah. The, here's the, like, the weirder, grander thing, though. Uh, both these casting decisions, like and casting Beyonce, like makes sense if you're making a musical. Mm-hmm. But Epic is not a musical, so like, why all these musicians? I wonder if maybe they wanted it to be a musical at one point. Yeah, I feel like that might be it. And then like it became not a musical, and then they're like, all right, well, like we already have these people, so, and they're like super famous. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the usual reasons kind of fail me. Like, yeah. there's a part of me that's like, okay, are they going to make a soundtrack? Yeah. But then there's, but there's then only one thing in the soundtrack, which we'll be getting to yeah. shortly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, they're not doing musical numbers. I mean, like, I don't know. I guess, like, the logic is, like, people who make music are good on mic, so let's have them do voice acting, like, and, it, like, it brings in another audience or something. Like, maybe we'll trick someone into thinking this is a musical. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be fair, I thought this was a musical. Since, until <laughs> the hour before I watched it. So. Yeah, and uh, one more weird casting thing we, we have to comment on, unfortunately. Um, uh, not a weird casting decision in 2013, but in 2021, casting Aziz Ansari as the sexually charged slug. Probably not the best idea. Yep. Yeah. Uh, don't need to relitigate that. We don't need Leftist Vinnie Jones. Um, we, we can just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, that's, um, it, yeah. We don't need to relitigate the Babe article or anything. No, nope. we can um, simply say it's also just a weird choice to have a slug hit on that human child. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, look, we all do weird things online, <laughs> and you know, there's some stuff in my name. You know, I have a thing for slugs. It doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, 
I write slug fiction. Oh my goodness. Sluggies. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you for being so open with us. Yes, you're welcome. All right. Beyonce's closing credit song. <laughs> uh, it is called Rise Up. Yes, it is. It was co-written by Sia, produced by Hit Boy and Chase and Cash. Cool. Uh, we mentioned a producer, thus we're going to give credits. Um, also, Hit Boy's a big deal. Uh, back, back seat Freestyle. Very nice. By Kendrick Lamar. Goldie. Gold. By Asap Rocky. Goldie. And Sorry by Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Very good. Sorry by Beyonce. <laughs> we're, we're, we're covering Beyonce. Whoa, wow. crazy. Also, Goldie uh, contender for best hip hop beat of the 2000s. Goldie's but, so good. Uh, Interesting. Con- contender for a different podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't like the song. <laughs> Yeah, it was really boring and not good. Wow. I like it. Did you like yeah, it? Oh, no. I love Goldie. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm talking about the Beyonce end of Closing Oh, Prince. I'm sorry. I thought we were still talking about Goldie. No, this song was dumb. No. I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> it was really bad. Yeah, no. No, no one had... No one better say anything mean about Goldie. In my no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Um, this song never. is definitely, you know how I mentioned like the anthem thing earlier? Like this definitely felt like one of her like anthem-y songs and it's like, I don't know yeah. an anthem song, all right? Yeah, like, especially at the end of this we movie. Don't, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we don't we don't need to spend a lot of time on it. Like the the lyrics are just sort of generic, inspirational, mm-hmm. feel goodery. Yeah, about nothing. Yeah, uh, I would argue that this definitely feels like a best original song mm. bait. Yeah, song. I could see yeah. that making it Beyonce's second failed Oscar bait. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that this is clearly a song that was meant to be performed by Sia, but Beyonce is performing it instead. Oh, it's just okay. like those, those, those weird, like vocal things she is doing in the yeah. chorus. Like that's a that's Sia stuff. Yeah, right. Um, and like I like Sia as a singer a lot. Uh, shout out to not using vibrato, but um, yeah, this is a Sia song, but Beyonce singing it. It's like you found a way to make Beyonce's voice not work. I guess the last thing we can say is like there's a part of me that wonders if this is her actual worst song in the, over Diva. Oh, I mean, I don't know. I, I I guess like the the debate is like is it worse to be boring or annoying? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, her point. Um, I mean, I feel like I still count Diva as worse because it's like more of a Beyonce song mm-hmm. than this. Like I almost don't count this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. D- Diva remained retains its crown. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Beyonce's worst song. All right, so we get into segments. All right, let's start with segments. Segment! Yay, segments. Yay. Yay. As usual, we shall start with my segment. That is the nitpick corner. And man, I had some nitpicks. First, <laughs> we're going to start with the very beginning of the movie where Professor Boomba catches a hummingbird in his bare hands somehow. Mm. Doesn't seem possible, mm. but whatever. He just Maybe. seems also very yeah. uncoordinated, so I doubt that he could have done that. We talked a bit about this already, but also Mary Catherine is, like, not really a good name. It's like, it's, you can't really hyphenate it. It just reminds me of the yeah. girl, the woman from um, Superstar from SNL. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's just dumb. And then you shorten it down to MK, which is a dumb nickname that sounds like you wanted to do MJ, but you couldn't get away with that because of rights. So, yeah. yeah. Also, go look up MK Ultra. <laughs> yes. Uh, so this is a kid's movie, and MK tries to give her uh, dad a speech about the five stages of grief. Kids don't know what the five stages of grief are. Come on. Let's, let's get out of there. 
Um, let's see. I don't understand the upside of a trash kingdom. Like, what is what is the upside here of destroying yeah. the forest and living in a garbage pile? I truly don't understand it. Makes no sense to me. Nice. Because they're boggins. <laughs> they're boggins. <laughs> yes. It's the boggins. Yes. Chelsea I'm, uh, Butler, I'm going to need one over-the-top British boggins from you. Boggins. Uh, I'm bad with accents. Stop it. Um, So, uh, Mary Catherine, MK, sorry, MK, she finds her dad to get them to um, help beat the Boggins, and she leads him into the forest. She sets up his, like, uh, bat signal or whatever, and then she abandons him to deal with a horde of bats attacking him. He has literally just saved them, and she all but abandons him to his fate. And he even says, like, they are going in his ears and biting him. Like, what if they had killed him? Or what if he had fallen and broken his neck or something? Like, jeez, what a way to repay your father for, like, figuring out your weird, vague little hint and finding where you are and saving you all. <laughs> she sucks. She's Fair. the worst daughter. Fair. Um, and then, uh, finally, I don't understand why they're still hanging out at the end. Why are they still friends? Like, what are they... I just... It doesn't make any sense. Like, why are they still hanging out with each other? They're different sizes now. As far as we know, there's no way for her to get small again. So, like, where is this going? I also don't understand how they're communicating with each other. doesn't make any sense. All very good questions. I mean... Very good I could go on about, like, how none of the magic makes any sense. All these various things. But it would take too long. We don't have the time for that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that's pretty much the nitpick corner. I mean, we, we went through so many of my nitpicks already that those are literally the last yeah, I mean, few. I mean, yeah. This whole episode has been like a, a, a big prolonged nitpick exactly. corner. Exactly. Yeah, sure. So those are my nitpicks. Yeah, we, we, we had a good time naming non-Disney animation movies. That yeah, that was good. Yeah. Um, so now so now it's time for Sanchez's butthole and Slug who wants to have sex with a teenage girl corner. All right. And as usual, I have a, a question to post for the group. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's the deal with slugs? Do they have buttholes or not? Um, thank you. <laughs> I think so. I think that they have to. Hmm. But do they? Well, they? Have you ever seen a slug butthole? Mm. No, I wouldn't touch a slug. Well, but you've seen a slug, right? Yes. Presumably you'd see its butt. No, they're so small. Why would I see it? I don't, I don't know. I will say this. In, in a lot of... Of my slug fiction. Yeah. They definitely have buttholes. Oh, wow. Thank you, Garth. Just wow. Wow, interesting. I do. Th- we may have to turn over the butthole corner to you next week so you Ooh. can talk about your slug fiction. Yeah. I do think that they uh, have to have them because there has to be somewhere for waste to go because they do eat. But then is it called a butthole? Probably not. It it's probably else? got that weird mm-hmm. name. Like, what? I don't know what the term is that the dinosaurs have that one thing, but it's probably something like a that. Cloaca? Yeah, whatever that a is. Cloaca? Yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is a combo butthole. Yeah. Okay, yeah. As far as, like, my actual answer, I'm assuming that, like, it's probably not a traditional butthole, but they have some sort of, like, method of excreting waste. Interesting. Um, This has been the Slug Butthole Corner. Thank you all for joining. Thank you for having us. A good time, as always. As always. And now our next segment, Did Beyonce Slay? As in, was she the best part of the movie? Um... It's weird because, like, I almost feel like maybe because, like, when she was on yeah. screen, she was good. Mm-hmm. <sighs> There's so few good parts of this movie. Uh, I like the little pug, the little messed up pug, but, like... Pug was good. It's a good pug, yeah. Good pug. Yeah. Colin Farrell's not doing a bad job. 
He's doing he's doing the yeah, work. Colin Farrell, I, yeah, I, I think it's Colin Farrell's I mean, like, that's the most, like, well-defined character in the movie, and so, like, he actually has material to work yeah. with that isn't just, like, reading generic lines, so, like, yeah, I think it kind of has to be Colin Farrell by default. Yeah. I will say that Beyonce does bring, like, a lot of personality to her role, and I think she does a great job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, Colin Farrell is, like, the most substantial performance in the movie, so yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I think I have to give it to him. Yeah. yeah. But not I, unfortunately, I like Colin yeah. He's a good actor. I think. I think that's fair. I would agree with yeah. you. Colin Farrell, one of my first loves. Um, <laughs> but no, I think I agree. Like, I think their scenes together are probably some of the best scenes in the movie. So yeah. I'll, yeah. So yeah, I think Colin Farrell, and then close second mm-hmm. Beyonce, if not a tie. Yeah. All right. So now, Garth, you know what time it is. We ask you: mm. Is "Single Ladies" the greatest music video of all time? What have you brought us this week? What what competition do you yes. have? Yes. Okay. My picks haven't been dumb enough. <laughs> okay. Uh, I've brought a lot of like serious videos, a lot of like uh, artistically high merited, well spoken videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I promised dumb shit when mm-hmm. I introduced this segment, and I have not delivered on that. So it's time to correct this. Okay. Okay. Uh, this week, my pick is Toxic by Britney Spears. Oh, oh man. man. And what, a, what a week to pick that one. Yeah, uh, the, uh, good timing on my part. Uh, for the record, we were recording this um, uh, earlier this week. Britney Spears testified in court, uh, basically saying how horribly she's been treated for a very long time. Yeah. And it's gotten way more real and depressing. Uh, Hashtag free Britney. Yes, free Britney. Yeah. Um, Yes, uh, burn California's conservative ship laws down to the ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, toxic video. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. Yeah, first of all, great video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but in, in a very different way. Uh, yeah. Got some good 2000s bad CGI. <laughs> got some overly saturated colors. Yeah. Uh, got some Tyson Beckford oh, man. on that motorcycle. It's yeah. good stuff. Uh, yeah. It's good yeah, stuff. Yeah. Uh, we got the, the the red wig and the black wig. That motorcycle. Yeah. 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 Motorcycle. yeah she, she does like a, a triple flip. Like yeah. Bad yeah. CGI flip off that bike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got all the stuff on that plane, yeah. on that like future plane, the plane or whatever it is. So yeah. iconic. Yeah. yeah. She, she spills the champagne on that dude's crotch. Yeah. Um, okay. So this is what I yeah. will say. It's not worse than the single ladies video. Okay. But I don't know if I can really say it's better, but I definitely wouldn't say it's worse. Yeah, I think... So so they're equal. They're very different. Like, this is one of my... It's hard to compare them. The okay. toxic yeah. music videos from one of my favorite eras of music videos because of how much budget was clearly being put into them and how much, like, mm-hmm. how insane and over the top they were getting. And, like, Britney Spears always had some of the really good ones. Um, mm-hmm. this one being a real highlight. So, but they're so different because something that we've talked about in the, in the past is like single ladies is very pared down, simple. It's all about Beyonce and the two women she's with doing an extremely well choreographed dance and kind of like swooping sort of all around them and really focusing on them and the song and the glove, of course. And the glove. And it's hard because they're both very iconic. Like Britney Spears in that blue, um, Stuart is outfit is everywhere to the point that they like recreated it for like a pop-up in LA so 
Uh, also, just for the record, uh, toxic. Great yeah, yeah, song. song is really, really so good, good too. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's hard. They they feel very different. So I think I feel the same as Sanchez in that like I like them both a lot. They are very hard to compare. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna claim partial victory. <laughs> I guess. I think we can give you partial victory on this one. Give me yeah, like one I'll, and I'll a half. Okay, so if, if... All right. One point for each on all right. Mm-hmm. So a half point from both of you yeah. on toxic. Yes. So I have a grand total of three points. What was the other one? No, I'm, I'm saying that... Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Because you are getting... Oh, yes, okay. yes, I understand. Okay. Yes, so you have I, a grand I, I, also, total of three points. Also, I'm doing this intentionally to give myself... <laughs> more points, which probably can. Very Really, nice. I should have two points. Very nice. Or like one and a half points. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, you know what? I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I yeah. like it. This. I, I feel like that's a good one. This is a good one. The only thing that's really missing. Yeah. We need gross product placement. Oh man, we might have to go to Twitter with this one. I'm very curious, like what people would. Yeah, like, like we need a we need yeah. a good shot of like a flip phone, <laughs> like, a, like a like a razor. Yeah. Uh, but Maybe yes, a shot of some like Coronas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, Should we move on to fun segment? Yes, the fun segment that rotates every week. This week, the question is, which completely out of place famous person would you cast in this movie and as what? This one I thought was such a fun idea. And I'm a little disappointed in myself that I didn't come up with a more wild answer. But I am, I do think the person I selected is very fun. I chose Mm -hmm. Nicole Byer. Ooh, that's oh, a really good pick. one. Yeah. I, really just, good I know one. we were we were gonna try and avoid actors, and my 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 cop out here is that she's technically a comedian that does more hosting comedy gigs than acting. So this is, I mm-hmm. think, what saves it. Also, she's got such a great voice. When you listen to her podcast and she does like ad reads, she probably does the best ad reads on podcasts. Like she does great voiceover work. She does, yeah, strong yeah. agree. She yeah. Does. yeah, absolutely. So I think that she's great and like. I would just love to see her animated more because I think what a lot of people are doing now is they like kind of try to imbue the sense of the person into the character or design and animation. So I would just love to see her as like a big, beautiful flower, I guess, in this. Or she could be like mm-hmm. Nimgaloo, mm-hmm. the new version of Nimgaloo with her would be very funny. That would okay, be, you, she yeah, would be a you, very good Yeah, you, you have just heightened choice. the quality of this movie by several orders of magnitude. <laughs> yes. Just in, yeah. I agree. Also, if you would like to see Nicole Byer uh, do more animated voices, uh, might I recommend the TV show Two Men Yes, Bird. I've heard that she's supposed mm. to be very good on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, she used to be on Netflix, now on Adult mm-hmm. Swim. She does, like, uh, I believe she does, like, one or two side characters mm-hmm. in every episode. Mm-hmm. Nice. She's very, very funny. Yeah. Adult Swim, probably. In, in that show, and just in general. I love yeah. Nicole Byer. Yeah, exactly. Very yeah. good choice. Yes. Uh, Sanchez? All right, mine is not as good or funny as this one. Is, uh, is Butler's choice, but I went with Ronan Farrow <laughs> <laughs> as a, um, I didn't come up with like a specific animal, but my idea was just that he would do like a long form expose on both um, the negligence of this professor <laughs> and whatever's happening in this forest. I love it. With their weird succession hierarchy. I, I, I thought the joke that was coming was like, 
he's going to put out like an expose about like Buffo or like <laughs> one of, or like the the second or the long form expose can you know it can be a lot of wormholes to go down. So. Oh, I love it. This is that's very funny. He also has sort of a distinctive kind of voice. Also used to doing voiceover yeah. work now because of the podcast. So mm-hmm. and like yeah. lots of interviews. So a good choice. Yeah. Very thank you. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't think uh, my pick is going to uh, summon as much excitement from you guys as it will other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, 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 I believe in my choice very firmly. Okay. Uh, are you guys familiar with the rapper Chief Keep? Vaguely. I, I know him more for his crimes, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, rapper... Uh, very uh influential figure in like chicago drill and stuff like that uh Mm -hmm. lots of violent ignorance yep lots of Um, that mm -hmm. uh (laughs) uh very much a rapper's rapper in a lot of ways um (laughs) uh lupe fiasco once said in an interview that he was afraid of chief keep and chief keep tweeted that he was going to beat him next time okay Uh, okay Another fun fact, uh, when the precinct in uh, Minneapolis was burning down, uh, the song that they were burning down to was Finito by Chief Keep. I don't think I've heard that. Um, that's yeah. cool. Um, there's footage of that you can watch online. Uh, yeah, Chief Keef. I'm assuming he would be uh, a boggin. <laughs> no? no, I was thinking that he. I was thinking that he'd be a stomper. Oh, <laughs> I, 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 see, the, the, thing, the thing that like is cheating about my choice is that like I unfortunately didn't go with like a magical being. Like mm-hmm. I just thought like this is such like a Lily White movie in a certain way, and like what is the opposite of epic? Oh, I know, Chief Keef. Yeah. So I would Fair. I would put in Chief Keef as himself, nice, uh, as, like the human form of himself as a human being walking around and stumbles into the Magic Kingdom. Ah, okay. Yeah. I like it. Yes. We'll go on the Twitter to find some cheap Keith videos that I will assuredly be posting when this episode comes. Very nice. Very nice. Good answers all around. Yes. Very exciting yeah, to do I'm, this recast and reboot of this movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm very mm-hmm. uh, happy with everyone's picks yes. here. Uh, any concluding thoughts? Anything from Hubie? Uh, yeah. Mm. Uh, Hubie. Good boy. Uh, he's got another Stevens Golf oh, Slam. Man. Uh, he says, Steven Seagal thinks that he can sing despite the fact that he sound, his voice sounds like he just got done having sex with a vacuum cleaner and his balls got sucked into it. Now, I will point out that this insult doesn't actually make any sense, but it certainly has the cadence of a good slam, so I'll, I'll give it yeah, to him. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah. it's gotta have something. I feel like the joke is sort of like you get kicked in the balls and then, like, all of a sudden your voice is higher. Uh, that's sort yeah. of a cartoony way. So maybe he is saying, like, you know, because he's had some sort of thing happen to his balls his voice is bad i don't know but yeah, yeah i get the idea whatever, whatever he's doing with that steven seagal is doing with that vacuum cleaner yes. uh philip any concluding thoughts um eat ass slug fast smoke grass solid no, no. um okay also no. 
Next time, we have Beyonce, the self-titled album, and Homecoming. Very exciting. Yay. Yay. Yes, we get to talk about yeah, Beychella. Uh, very, very exciting. Finally. Yep. Yeah. Uh, getting away from traditional acting for a while. Yes, very exciting. I'm yeah, wearing yes. the pants that I wore to Beychella right now, so very cool. I love it. Anyway. Yeah. Butler was yeah, there. Yeah, I was there. It was very cool. Um, so many thoughts about that. Uh, please leave us a review, a rating, or both. We are still five-star rated. Pretty good. Um, you can also reach us on our social media. On Twitter, we're at Buddapod, where we will likely tweet out asking for your opinions on Toxic versus Single Ladies music video. Sure to be a barn burner. On Instagram, we're, we are at Podcast, And on Facebook, we are But What If I Tried Acting. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. And thank you to Sanchez and to Garth for joining me. It's been great. Thank you. Thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you, roommate boyfriend, for also chiming in here and there. Yes, I would like to thank Philip for a lot of things. (laughs) Uh, He's currently shooting Get. Oh, Lord. Respect too. I'm getting fucked up here. (laughs) Yeah, he's not doing great. Anyway, goodbye. Bye. Bye.